Welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb, and with me, Robbie. And here we are with episode 53, and we are here with our The Black Phone review. Yeah, we just got back from the cinema. Um, either today or yesterday was the opening day in the UK. Um, so this is kind of our I- initial reaction to the film. Um, we will be doing the first kind of 15 minutes spoiler free, and then we're going to jump into spoilers. Um, so as always, thank you for joining us. If you enjoy the show, leave us a lovely review and always hit the subscribe button so you can get the next episode when it's uh, fresh from the oven. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So um, tell us a bit about the Black Phone, then, Epo. The Black Phone. Um, so the Black Phone is directed by uh, Scott Derrickson, who you may know uh, from Sinister, yeah, uh, the Sinister franchise. Uh, he wrote Sinister 1, 2, but directed the first one, but didn't direct the second one. Uh, he also directed Doctor Strange, the Marvel film, uh, and was meant to direct the most recent one, but left in order to do this but not because of that, yeah. <laughs> because of creative differences that they often say in Hollywood yeah. for why they left. Um, so he, he's got a quite good track record in horror, obviously. Uh, he did The Exorcism of Emily Rose yeah. and a film called Deliver Us from Evil. So he's done He also did uh, Hellraiser, one of them. He did, he did Inferno, Hellraiser Inferno. Um, back before he was made it big, he wrote and directed that. Uh, he wrote... Um, he's written a few different horror films. In fact, there's quite a few different ones that he's written. He's done almost as much writing as he do- has writing and directing. Yeah. He writes so and directs most of his own and produces quite a lot now of his own stuff. Um, apart from Doctor Strange, the only major big box, like big budget kind of film that he'd ever done was uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still. The remake with Keanu Reeves from years ago. <laughs> Vaguely um, ever heard about it. Yeah, I... I saw it in the cinema back in the day. I don't really remember it, but I do remember it. It was dull. Really? It was like, yeah, I think. And after this, he went, he didn't do any more of those for a long time. He went back to doing like sinister things like that. He went back to horror after yeah. this. So I feel like maybe that didn't have the best, you know, <laughs> maybe it didn't help him rise as much. You know, he kind of had to go back, do a few more low budget kind of horrors yeah. to then get things like Doctor Strange. And now he's come back to his what seems to be his more comfortable ground in his kind of horror kind of thriller. Yeah, and it seems to work well with uh, Ethan Hawke, who's obviously in this film. Avid, yes. You know, Ethan Hawke being in Sinister. Um, and this is kind of... I mean, people, yeah. that's what we've got Derek and Sahara have been this kind of comfort zone. But weirdly, in the last few years, Ethan Hawke seems to have had a comfort zone, going from, like, back in the day, he used to do more, like, crime cop thrillers and yeah. things like that or like you know thrillers and things like that more than anything or he did like kind of like artsy films back in the day and he's done more of those now but last uh in the last decade horror seems to have been his main stomping ground you've had the purge films yeah you've had sinister films I, i'm thinking i'm blanking on i swear there's another one kind of that kind of style of film that he's been into um so yeah he's got more and more comfortable but it also seems to have been he quite often seems to choose ones that allow him to kind of stretch himself a bit. Yeah, definitely. And this film is a very good case of him having, stretching himself, but also not over, he's not over the top. He's not overdoing it in this kind of, in this film. Yeah. Ethan Um, Hawke. Like, I do find him, I do think he was effective and scary, but he's not, 
he is more of a, a background presence kind of thing in most of the film. Yeah, I would kind of agree with you on that. Obviously, he plays the main antagonist. Um, the grabber. The grabber. Um, but he kind of doesn't... He, you know, he he does he has a, a decent amount of screen time, but a lot of it is kind of spent around um kind of the two main characters, which are obviously the uh, brother and sister, the brother Finney. and sister, Finney and Gwen. Yeah. Um yeah, which themselves are are two very well acted kind of performances from children, considering these are like kids of what about 12 years old, I think, around yeah, that like kind of age, 12, like somewhere between 10 to 14 kind of age range. I'm not quite sure exactly. Um, but they're both very good performances, I found. Oh, yeah, I thought like, they are both good performances. Um, it, the the sister Gwen, especially, I found. Yeah. She was, like, a standout, whereas I guess the brother Finney in this film, he's a little bit more of the... He's almost... The, the, would be the straighter kind of character. He's the character you're following, the character that's stuck. The yeah. character that is less emotionally vulnerable, whereas Gwen is the character who is much more... She kind of back talks and she's kind of like yeah. she's quite funny at times. And you know, she has this quite uh interesting kind of storyline that like runs throughout it. Um, which I won't mention what happens with no. hers because I feel I didn't know it before I go in. So anything Almost. I didn't know before I went in, because all I'd seen was the trailer, and I'd seen the trailer a long time ago. So if you've seen the trailer recently, I there, there is one thought that came to my head. So if you have seen the trailer recently. That I do remember when certain things came on the screen, they did actually get me. There was one or two, there was one bit that actually did make me jump in this film, yeah, which it kind of took me out of like took me out of the moment. And then after I remembered I had seen it, I was like, Oh, I saw it in the trailer, but I'd watched the trailer so long ago, I hadn't yeah. wanted to watch it again. Um, I'd watched it so long ago because it like it felt it feels like a while since it actually got from the trailer to actually seeing this film, weirdly. Um, but the there were some of the shots that have in the film where they look a bit more like scary that you'll see in, in the trailer um, of, of some of the other, other victims. Um, weirdly, I've, I think a lot of the like creepiest shots were actually given away in the trailer, which is crap. Yeah. I, <laughs> but well, I didn't watch the trailer. Yeah. Um, so well, that's fine. I'd say this is a better film to go into without yeah, I would agree. knowing anything. Cause it just opens up your mind a little bit more to being really like, because I'd kind of forgot most of what I'd seen in the trailer, except for Ethan Hawke and the fact that I know it's about a boy who gets kidnapped and trapped a thing, which is, yeah. you know, that's the basic idea. It's a boy who gets kidnapped, who gets taken and he gets kept into a room. But then the black phone, which is part of the plot, is the fact that he can communicate with the victims of the past. Yeah, and it's and an interesting how that kind of thing. It has this kind of odd, like it's almost like the 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 weirdest, most messed up escape room <laughs> that you'll ever get into. Kind of, <laughs> yeah, kind of. You know what I mean? It's a it's an odd, like in that kind of way. Um, but it, the 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 premise and the concept, I, I really like. Like yeah, it. I think um, it's, it's it's adapted from a 2004 um, short story by Joe Hill, yeah. who himself um, has got quite a large back catalogue of horror series. I think the I think Lock and Key, which is a Netflix series, is yeah. based on a Joe Hill, um, and he does do a lot of, from my understanding, he does do a lot of these kind of childhood or or teen kind of characters that end up in these kind of situations yeah um it, it i mean i don't know about i you, know but... he said he grew up in this kind of so what we get kind of we did get the 70s yes 1970s he said that that was very much his time midwest 70s and 
it was all about that kind of vulnerability that you kind of get at that age. But also he said, like in his, which I haven't read, it's a 20 page story is apparently quite a lot of it is about how actually oddly violent it was at that time as well. And you get that violence quite a lot in this film. Yeah, it's, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's like an overly, it's not overly bloody or gory, but there's a lot more kind of. Well, the, yeah, when I, uh, yeah, I guess that's actually clarify because when I say violence, you might be thinking like the grabber kind of given violence or things no. like that. It's not. It's actually more like as in childhood, but as in like uh, parental or like actually like teenagers beating each other up. And stuff yeah, like that. that's the more the violence I mean is that they're actually. It's almost like there's a trauma before this child's even kidnapped. Kind yeah. Of that you will see in the film. Like there is this kind of weird trauma that surrounds his life. And I guess that kind of is runs through the story, doesn't it? Yeah. It's almost like it's the grab is almost part of the idea of this boy that has to overcome things in order to, you know, that's his kind of character arc to, to be in a very vague way about the character arc. And to to briefly touch on the setting, like you said, um, so obviously it's set in 1978. um, I think it's in Colorado kind of, Midwest America, I believe yeah. it's Midwest America. Um, I mean, we're, we're English, so we don't really know exactly. But, Midwest uh, could be anything, you know? yeah. But it has the kind of that that small town American feel. Um, and I think the, I seem to I much prefer kind of thrillers that are set in this time period. I think it yeah. kind of it goes back to I think when they you when they use kind of teenage characters it goes back to when we were young um and you would always have stranger danger warnings of yes for i remember in my primary school it was always a you know um an old man with a beard in a in a white van or something (laughs) like that and it would be something that the teachers would say the white van it's always the white van or like beware of that white van like you'd hear it in you don't hear in school i swear like every school had a Oh, there's a white van man going around. Or yeah, who's a who's a right diddler. <laughs> yeah, he's a diddler. So it plays on that fear. Um, but I think that there's also something about that time, that time period in, in particular. The two kind of that jump out to me are um, the Lovely Bones and Prisoners. You know, both about children going oh, yeah, missing yeah. during kind of seventies, eighties in small towns. And I think maybe maybe part of the reason why a lot of these get set during the 70s and 80s isn't just because that's when the writers potentially grew up or I know around that time there was a lot of kind I know they, they still are active but there was a there seemed to be a lot more serial killers and a lot more stuff like that yeah. but I think the lack of technology as well well you know, yeah, I, that I think that's what made there. it isn't it because like nowadays there probably is the people who start but they almost don't make it to serial killer or kidnapper because they're caught far yeah. quicker you know what I mean, I mean like CCTV those cases yeah that's what I mean telephone. like it's very hard nowadays to completely get away like some of those things unless it's completely like it does so happen yeah it does but not happen. like multiple children go missing kind of thing it tends to be like one child goes missing and yeah. they can't track that but if someone goes around collecting loads whereas there are plenty of cases in the 60s 70s 80s you know where there were cases of just children just disappearing yeah, and it felt like they were all connected, but they never were able to connect the dots. Yeah, so. and that's the realism that I guess has kind of brought a little bit to this film is that it feels quite real in that way. Yeah, um, and I think everything looked very error appropriate. Um, yeah, you know the the costumes, the set design, all the way from the kind of the camera that they used. That kind of, I mean, it, it was 
I think it was filmed using kind of modern modern cameras, but it kind of had a bit of a grainy kind, a of, grainy kind of look to it. Yeah. And a lot of the colours were quite dull and quite brown yeah, to it. Like a monotone. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. It, like, yeah. So, the, yeah, the set designs all had plenty of interesting, you know, all those little aspects that you kind of want to see that are interesting. Even, I even remember thinking at one point, ah, they haven't written them for this fruit. Even there's a bit when he op- opens a, uh, a fridge. And I look at it and go, yeah, that looks like a really old style fridge because you can see the way the ice in the box is like yeah. connected. <laughs> I don't know why. That was just in my head. I was just looking at it like, why am I so interested in the freezer? <laughs> yeah. Because it looks different, because it looks huge, because it was like a new piece of technology. But <laughs> the idea here it is. So it was like, oh, look at this big giant box of ice. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, you know, a, a lot of the the how the story was paced was quite interesting, I felt. Um, you know, we had it, it, it wasn't, I don't think it, it dived into it too quickly. You know, we, we got to see a couple of people disappear and yeah. things kind of, you know, a lot, of, a lot of pieces were kind of set up and put into play before the main kind of story kicked in. It yeah, almost it, it had like a act, nice development. For yeah, the Act characters. 1 had quite a long lead up. We knew, we knew uh, Finney and... Um, and Gwen's like story back like kind yeah. of quite a bit. We knew what their life was like. We know what their dad was like. We got that whole kind of quite a, a good build up of character and some nice little like moments with other characters that may or unlike yeah. some some of whom become victims of themselves. And we kind of get a moment to kind of know, okay. So we or it's just even if it's just only a, a scene, but you get enough to be like it makes enough of an impact to come back in the story later. Yeah. So it's, it's nice that they kind of thought that it's carefully fought through those kind of moments, because I mean, like, I guess the source material, literally, I believe they said like the source material, if you film the source material, it probably would have taken up about 35, 40 minutes of the film. Yeah. And then you've got, yeah. So then you've got another hour to fill out. So they've obviously had to flesh this out with a lot more character and a lot of thing. Whereas I believe the short story is more about the, um, that very much like the kidnapping and how he escapes the room is what the yeah. story is more about. Yeah. So the rest of the world he's built around it has been very much, and I assume like I believe Doc Derek uh, Scott Derrickson would be from is from a similar time as well. Yeah. And he a lot of his other films have kind of referenced this kind of middle America kind of small town kind of thing. So um, I think that he's definitely kind of drawn into his own interest in this era to kind of bring it to life a little bit more. And we know with Sinister that he already has that kind of interest in those old, like the home movies that are in that film, the old references you get in that, like to like a lot of like suicide murders that happened again in that kind of era time. Because a lot of those were referenced back to like the seventies and eighties of these home murders and these snuff films and things like that. So yeah, those are all like really interesting aspects. Um, one thing that really I constantly got into my head though, this is very Stephen King. Oh yeah, it's well, so Stephen King. Joe Hill was really, you know, great part of Stephen King. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's why it feels like, yeah. you know, there's, so, there's even a, you know, uh, a later scene where it probably, you know, it, it it probably did happen, but a character's riding a bike and they're wearing kind of like a big yellow anna or yeah. something like that, and it's very it. And um, with it, yeah, with it, re- especially with the remake of it recently, like yeah. it's hard not to look at this film and go, "Oh, this is this is it." And if some people even look at this film and go, "Like, oh, they're cashing in on how successful it was by making yeah. a very it style film," even the grabber has an it. <laughs> 
you know, he has balloons. He has the yeah. black balloons, and we have scenes of him stood there with the balloons flowing off in the sky and doing like a creepy laugh. And yeah, he's not. I would say that he is very different to Pennywise. Oh, he's not he's, a Pennywise. That's what some people will be thinking, though, because it's like I think between the mask and the act and the I'm a magician and I like almost like that. But you only get that's only a very small part of what the character kind of is. The character almost, I'd say, even in like the materials in the the, the trailers and stuff, is blown up to almost be a little bit more like this kind of. Uh, I don't know. No, I know exactly. Overly, you know, overly energetic or excited or very like in your face kind of character. And he's actually not. not. He's not. He's kind of in moments, maybe a little bit, but he's really not anything like Pennywise than the dancing clown. If anything, that that touches on one of my main kind of criticisms of it. Um, I loved the, the setting. I loved. And yeah. the idea of the missing kids that I loved, it, it you know, it really, it, it struck a chord with me because I, you know, growing up, you know, like we did, we grew up before a lot of people had, um, you know, did have cell phones and major and internet, all that major kind of internet and CCTV wasn't everywhere. And there are some stuff that obviously spring out to us. So obviously like Maddie McCann, yeah. you know, her disappearance. I don't, I, do you remember Holly and Jessica? Yeah, 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 you know, and um, you know, seeing these kind of stuff on the news all the time, and kind of having that almost—I wasn't afraid, but I could imagine my parents being afraid. Yeah. Now I'm grown up about that kind of stuff. You did. We did see them so much more often as kids. I do remember seeing them on the news all the time. Yeah. I feel like I don't hear about those kind of things anymore. Maybe, but the but... news used to be like months of. Yeah, you know, not just. Madeline McCann, like that was that was a slightly like on holiday in a different country kind of thing. But yeah. we had mu- ones that were much more like just school schoolgirls who were walking home in the guy in a van, or yeah. even just there, you know. Or it was a um, I can't remember which one exactly it was the who uh, it was. I believe it was like the the guy who was almost like the janitor or work that was at the that. school. That was um, was that Holly and Jessica? Yeah, that was Holly uh, and Jessica. Jessica. There, there was an, there's another girl that I can't quite remember her name, but I just remember seeing her face. But and then we had like James Bolger and things yeah. like that, which was another one. But these were all like weirdly close to home kind of ones, and we seemed to get them at one point. I swear in the nineties, we had like it went from like one child to the next child, like. You know, mainly, mainly it was girls that yeah. were like mainly, you know, and it was mainly like, yeah, but it was still like, it felt like I remember seeing them all of the time. Yeah. And I feel like I rarely ever hear of the such anymore. Maybe, yeah. You but, know what I mean? I mean, that and, and that part of it and the setting and that whole kind of the story and concept really had me interested. Um, it was more, I, it wasn't that I kind of, I I expected uh, the character of the grabber, who I thought was played well. Um, I I it wasn't that I expected maybe him to be in it more or to be more of this in your face character, but it was kind of like it it wasn't really um, it, it didn't really feel very fleshed out as a character for me. Um, and there was another there's another character who's kind of, I don't want to touch on it in this in you know spoilers uh but there's another kind of character who is closely linked and i think they only had kind of two scenes and it only really yeah yeah i I felt that that element of the story wasn't really fleshed out and it kept it from being kind of more um i know it's not the exact 
kind of same story, but there was always something about I I don't know if you've seen The Lovely Bones. Um, no, I haven't seen it. I, I know, I know, I know the film. Yeah, uh, but, but I've never actually watched it. It's, it's 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 I I was always a massive fan of it. I've seen I saw it at the cinema. And I've seen it quite I, a few times. I know the book was a huge thing. I know there was yeah. a huge hate for the film. Yeah, I guess Apparently it the is. The film was not a good adaptation of the no, book. No, they always but, say that. But I haven't read the book. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So for people who yeah. just like the film, then it's the film. But but you had this element of like the the abductor slash murderer was living in plain sight so you you saw them a lot you saw them interact with the family and stuff like that it wasn't that i was i was expecting that so much it's almost like with the the supernatural link yeah and the introduction of the grabber i expected that to kind of go somewhere but for me maybe it's just because it's the first time we've watched it Maybe there was bits and pieces that I didn't pick up on. Um, but I kind of, I thought that part kind of fell flat really. And it stopped, I don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed the film, but I think it stopped it from being like as good as it could have been potentially. Um, I, I've got I, a few I, got, you know, before we I, jump into spoilers. Yeah, I was going to say, I can definitely see what you mean. Um, I can totally see like the the aspect of that there could have been more to that story and um the character that's linked with him, played by James Ransom, um, who was in uh, It. He was Eddie yeah. in It. Um, but uh, those those characters, I definitely see what you mean. Definitely with the Eddie, what the the one that's Eddie or called Max in this film. I don't, yeah. don't want to call him Eddie. Um, his his character again. You're right. It's kind of like a tease for something that doesn't really quite get completely fleshed out to the point where it seemed like a bit of a rushed idea. Like you yeah. could have removed it and it wouldn't have made much of a difference to the film. Yeah, uh, he, the character could have been removed. It's almost as if they wanted to just add in a little bit of humor because I guess he was a little bit of a manic humor at times. Maybe yeah. But um. But anyway, back to the more of Ethan Hawke as the the grabber. Um. I mean, yes, he gets some amazing scenes. Um. But it is true that you never truly get to know what he's like. I, I think there's a... I mean, I, I'd play it from two sides. I feel like one side, it's purposely done that he's meant to be this... He is meant to just be the kidnapper and we're not trying to put the perspective on the kidnapper. Yeah. We're trying to put this perspective... I feel like this film is very much more about the story of the the, the children and the story of like that kind of strength to overcome your captors and your the, the boogeyman is yeah. almost like a, a thing here, like almost like a overcome that kind of monster or those things that are holding you back in life kind of thing. Yeah. And by fleshing him out, you'd kind of take from that story maybe a little yeah, bit. But then on the flip side, there is definitely a part of me that's like, I kind of I kind of want to know more about you. And I want to know like more of your backstory or more yeah. of your kind of situation or things like that, if you see what I mean. Like, no, I agree with you. And I could oddly, oddly enough, like the, although this film doesn't lend itself to any kind of sequel or anything like that, I could totally get on board with seeing Ethan Hawke do this character and do it like we could see more of his side of the story <laughs> and not of the other. If you see <laughs> what I mean? I could totally see that as well. I just thought I'd just Google Joe Hill. Because I've obviously heard the name. Yeah. Um, guess who his dad is? <laughs> Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And that's why it sounds so Stephen King. So there you go then. Yeah. I literally just Googled it and I was like, he looks a lot like him. Um, <laughs> I did yeah. not know that, no. Because I knew. I, I'm sure it, some people listening right now are like, what the fuck are you on about? Of course he's of like course, Stephen King. Yeah. His dad is Stephen King. Well, 
I guess the, that's the awesome. son likes to uh, copy his dad. <laughs> <laughs> should we um, should we count down to? I, I think yeah, I think we, we've we've talked. Uh, better, you know, you've kind of got a gist of it. I I, I, re- I for those people listening, I I really enjoyed the film. Although I do have a few little niggles and things like that. Um, I really enjoyed the the way the film played out. It, it's much more kind of I'd say thriller than it is horror. I know that it has a few kind of jumpy bits. I wouldn't say it's a full on scare fest or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, I would say it's got some great atmosphere and settings, um, and some really strong performances from pretty much all of the cast involved. Um, it's just for me, there's just certain elements where it kind of fell down a little bit. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just, yeah, it stopped it from kind of truly becoming yeah it, a real investment in it it's about an hour and 40 minutes long and weirdly i feel like it's one where it could have been pushed to two hours to just give that little extra time for some of the characters to flesh out it felt like it could have been more like an what an it basically in that way that it had a lot of time for character development on top of the scares yeah you see what i mean and i feel like this actually could have fleshed out a little bit more to make that so you're you're right and also i'd say one thing for anyone listening spoiler free who haven't seen it but are about to go and see it or plan to see it uh pay close attention to the bloom house's new um opening credit because it's awesome yes yeah, it cool. has it has so many it has basically all of the major franchises they've done recently and it has little hints to all of the films including our one michael myers right it's, very cool. it's a very cool little uh opening <laughs> that's just like more of a if you want if you want to get a little bit of a horror geeky kind of thing i kind of got a little bit of a, oh there's michael <laughs> yeah <laughs> and there's oh wait that's the purge and there's like several other like little ones i could see that i was like oh that's awesome that's it that's much very cool kind of addition that they're yeah. starting to build this. We're seeing how big Bloom House is getting now. Yeah, so they're getting more hits than misses. So most um, of the time. Should we count down for spoilers then? Yeah, baby. I'll let you do it because <laughs> I'm feeling a cough coming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Did we do five seconds? So, yeah, um, okay. And with spoilers, we'll hit in five, four, three, two, one. Rob is dying of a coughing fit, so we'll give him a second. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I, I missed our classic joke. Well, it, I mean, Ethan given the so- Yeah. Oh, good. Are we doing yet? Because given the source material, <laughs> it felt a little less. This is a little bit more mature. So, yeah, um, yeah it's, it's definitely is a, is a little bit more uh, mature in its kind of context. Like we have. Um, there are there are parts of this film when I like when I was like oh wow how um, actually I was it's, it was kind of uncomfortable at times how brutal some of the stuff that happens yeah um, the scene um, so very early on we basically I mean straight away because dad is not wanting to hear the kids he's like can you keep it down and so I'm really like okay so he's got a bad hangover he doesn't want to hear yeah. the kids doing stuff so you get that there's a kind of you know classic. You know, it's a, it's almost a bit of a trope that you've got this American family in like some mid thing that the dad's going to be a bit of a <laughs> alcohol, a bit of an alcohol or a bit of a, a abuser kind of thing. Yeah, and you've got scenes like with Gwen when he like um, when he like is beating her kind of thing. That's really like it was kind of like quite hard to watch. Yeah, it definitely was. And um, the acting, other at the same time, the acting was top notch. I mean, Gwen legitimately seemed. I kind of felt almost like actually like she was literally actually crying. You know, what I yeah. mean, like she was actually scared as if they'd actually beaten the girl a little bit in re- yeah. reality. And that's where the violence comes in, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it, it's not like a particularly gory film, but it's that thing of like 
you know, he is, and I guess maybe back then um, it was a lot more common potentially, you know, um, but he, you know, he does belt her uh, quite severely. And then there's another time where a kid's beating another kid and he, that he beats the fuck out of him. Mm, bloody you know. knuckles and all. That's the um that's the Robin. Robin, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, and we and we also get another scene when the bullies um come and chase Finn down and he's getting a proper kick here. Then yeah. his sister comes in and slams a rock across, and he's like the kid's just like sat there, like basically like <laughs> I don't know, with a concussion, basically yeah. <laughs> blood pouring down his head. Um, and it's got a lot of that kind of like almost like um violence as in like the violence is just being a kid at this time you yeah know i mean it, it seemed hard enough just to be a kid on top of having this <laughs> i don't know what is that we we one thing i will, would say is we don't know and if you listen to this i assume you've ever seen it or you just don't care but we never actually know what exactly the grabber does to the kids no, we never find out exactly. We know he plays the mind games with them, but we never know what happens to once they get past naughty, the naughty child stage. Yeah. Which is, again, for some people, that's going to be one of the, the minuses is the fact that they're probably waiting to at least see what, what happens to one of the kids. Yeah. You know, they're probably wondering, like, so what does he actually do? I actually want to see it. And that I think that's what therefore holds back his character because we never get to see the full unleashed final violence we get the hint of it towards the end yeah but we never get that full at least there, there was one of the the boys um is it i think it's eddie is it eddie i think his name was eddie the one that had like the yeah, the perm. yeah. and he was older than the other boys and, yeah. and the second he was introduced i was like i feel like this is the kid we're gonna actually see die because he's more like Ted, he's, he's a bit more, more older adult. teenager so yeah. he's not a child because i did i was very much like well they're not gonna really show the child getting killed no. Although, not that that's completely i mean again it, we've had it we've had dr sleep we've had you know several ones where child children have been killed in quite but, violent films recently in a, but in a 15 it's kind of yeah. hard to think how they're going to do it isn't it yeah it's, it seems less likely so you think it's going to be more maybe someone a little bit older and would get more of a hint but I don't think and I understand that you know like uh, I understand <laughs> from having a little bit of reading on the subject that that was so for some people they're going to be like oh I actually wanted to see him like murder some people at some point something yeah. like but this is very much more kind of the thriller and it's it, it's kind of a subdued kind of horror yeah. It has scares, and that comes a bit more maybe from the supernatural side of things, and the overall tension that is built throughout the film. Because there is this tension of which you get with any thriller, but also you get in a good horror the suspense and tension of the idea of although we feel like we are, you never you feel like with these kind of horror thriller films that you never truly know if it's actually going to work out for the boy. Yeah. So I was definitely there a little bit. Like although I felt like it was going to work out for the boy. I know in you know you know these kind of horror films where it pulls it, it yeah. pulls a twist on you you know um, as we get towards the like right at the end of the film when they say this isn't the house and this is where they're buried I thought there was going to be a twist that the child was actually going to be trapped yeah potentially. or that there was possibly even like I don't know another Ethan Hawke or another you know yeah. what I mean I was literally like waiting there because there was a scene with his sister and his sister has these supernatural like yeah not supernatural so much it's more of like a, a dream kind of gift that she can kind of sense and there was a scene earlier in the film where he was like banging on the window in yeah. one of her dreams 
which never actually came back around. We never actually saw that again in the film. No, we didn't. Did we? And there's a scene at the end when he goes to go to the door, and when they say it's a different one, for some reason I thought it was suddenly going to be he was trapped, or yeah. somehow um, Ethan Hawke's character was going to come back right at that point. I <laughs> be like, yeah. oh shit, and then like the end of the film was going to be a bit more of a downer kind of. Ending. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't. There's a there's a great film called. Um, uh, summer of 84 which is very similar to this yeah. it's about um you know a group of kids mid small midtown america throwback uh, in the 80s and it's about kids going missing and they suspect somebody yeah and it has a ridiculously bleak ending and it's one of those things where a lot of the times when they have when they have source material like this and it's you know kids getting disappeared you know going missing or kids being killed whatever it is we usually get some kind of ending where it wraps up well but the ending of summer of 84 is is very bleak but it's it's amazing and i was kind of thinking is it going to go that way is it going to go this way um I'm just trying, the, one of the things I did really like about there was the how the abductions kind of took place. You know, it, it was yeah. very sinister with the with the the black van kind of just driving around, and then there were there were moments where um, I mean, after Robin had beat the shit out of that guy when they were walking, I think you see the black van drive past them all, yeah. and it's kind of stuff like that of something being amongst them, you know? Yeah, like a wolf amongst the this, sheep. This constant threat. I mean, that that's what works best about Ethan Hawke's actual performance is the fact that it is low key, and the the way they play him is quite low key. That you see the van going by, you see the kind of character. I think you even occasionally see the character in the background. Yeah, and you don't actually see most of the children get abducted it just kind of cuts to black yeah but it's really effective traffic. like when robin gets abducted you yeah. know he's walking along and then it out of as he's walking out of focus you see the black van and yeah. you're like oh shit and then you see the door open you see kind of ethan hawk not in focus get out yeah. and then it just cuts um and that's actually what makes it a more effective when Finney actually gets abducted is you haven't actually seen anyone get it. You've yeah. seen lots of children where it's happened, but you haven't seen how it happens kind of thing where, you know, he's dropped his bag of groceries and his eggs and he starts about magician. And then yeah. the, the Finney says are those black balloons in there. So Finney knew about the black balloon. That is one scene when you're like, don't wait to ask the question. Run, child, run. Yeah. <laughs> Don't wait to say, are those black balloons? And then the black balloons come out in like a thing. So kind of the black balloons are actually used more of a to kind of hide the child. So someone's yeah. coming by, they might, might just see the balloons and not I see the child hidden in between it. Potentially, yeah. You know, with a, and then the, the spray in the mouth. And we do see, I believe we see something similar happen to like one of them. We see a little bit of that happen later, but because he uses it in that way that we haven't seen it so far, it makes a little bit it's more quite shocking. Effective, isn't it? Yeah. And that's one thing that's quite, another thing I found quite nice in this film is that we've got those kind of bits that work really well where because you haven't seen them, you don't expect it. So he kind of, he uses a scene to kind of throw us off. So that black, that cut to black is really effective for the kidnapping. And it's also really effective the first time we use the black phone. Yeah. When he first uses the black phone, he talks uh, to I can't remember I can't remember what the boy's name is. Uh, the boy who's on the baseball team at the beginning. It's He's the Bruce. first one. Bruce. That's Bruce. the one. Uh, Yamada. Yeah, Bruce Yamada. And, um, and that's a really cool Yamada scene. As well. <laughs> yeah, that's a really cool scene as well. You know, um, what the, the the phone scene? No, the, uh, um... Bruce's kind of disappearance because yeah, as yeah. It, 
as it opens up, you're kind of expecting it to follow Philly straight away. Yeah. But it kind of shifts focus to Bruce and then we see him go. And then I think, I think you get to see him as this like all American kind of, kid. yeah, this like, cool like, like going down. So everyone, like girls are looking at him. He's going down. He looks like he's loving life. Yeah. You're thinking, and, all right, this guy's like a Don. And we just I mean? see the van in black. Yeah. Thing, and we're just like, oh, shit. And then okay. later, I mean, he's, <laughs> it's, it, yeah, again, using that kind of super eight style footage, we see, after he's got off the phone with, uh, after Finn's, Finney's got off the phone with Bruce, yeah, we do see that super eight footage of of Bruce's life, and it was quite upsetting, you know. Yeah, that that that's one that is that is a, a good, a really nice part with with almost every child. We get to see a different parts of their life, like yeah, this one we get to see the whole like up to that age. We don't really get to see past that. Not for, um, whereas the other ones we get to see different parts of their life, whether it was when they were taken or whether it was like the. the I think the I, I said before the I think. The, the kid was called Eddie. I think the one that was in the, you know, that I mentioned uh, with the blonde perm, <laughs> the one that was yeah, troublemaker again. Ta- we get to see him taken away by the police, but then it also links. And then we get the idea that maybe these Super 8 footage is actually the dreams that yeah. the, the sister's seeing. Because um, then in that one, she actually gets taken all the way to the house. Yeah. Um, so they're really effective and add a nice little, we get to see, we actually get to learn a little bit about the boys as we're also learning about their death and the fact that they're dead and they're talking yeah. to the afterlife. So it creates this unsettling kind of mood. And that's what this film does perfectly. This film is very good with majority of the characterization and the majority of the, the, the way this setting's given, but also making us feel for the characters. I, I feel like most of the characters I felt sorry for at some point yeah. in the film. Um and that's also why, like, that's used really nicely as that kind of, he kind of, that juxtaposition between, like, the death and the life. Or yeah. the, you know, the the all those cuts of blacks and things like that. And one scene, that the scene that I said earlier that actually made me jump, which is very rare, <laughs> but because it had thrown off my expectation, even though this scene was actually in the trailer, again, I'd forgot about it, but... Um, when he's on the phone the first time to Bruce, yeah, we don't see Bruce. No, we don't do we it. We only hear Bruce. Um, so that that kind of affected. When we're on to the second call with uh Billy, with Billy, he turns and there was Billy. Yeah, that, and got, that got. I was like, oh, okay. So, but because the first one you hadn't seen anyone, it made you think that that. And again, yeah, kind of like the God. not seeing the kidnapping, and then suddenly we see it happen to think it, it made it more effective. And then with each child that we see after that is on the phone, we do see them and we see them in different ways. Yeah. Like they're kind of shown in different ways. They're taken away in different ways as if like it's kind of given a weird little link to what their afterlife is kind of like. Yeah. And they each have different styles of injuries and things like that. So it's almost like we could start to piece together kind of what is happening to them because I think um, is Billy was Billy the uh, bike, uh, the paper. paper boy. Yeah. yeah. And he has like a slash going around his yeah. face and down his chest. And later on, uh, the the grabber does say that he use it, normally uses a knife kind of yeah. thing. And if you look at some of the thing, uh, some of the body parts, I think there's a boy, I don't remember all what he is, but he's just floating there in the yeah. air spinning around. But I think his guts look like they've been sliced open. Yeah. Um, and each one's used really effectively. You see them talking, but they can only be heard through the phone. But you see their mouths moving, and it's kind of really creepy. Like when we see um, 
Robin again. Is it Robin? Yeah. Yeah. When we see him again, he's very much like he's there, but he's very much in the shadows. Like you yeah. see him moving around until the point when he basically goes right into the corner, fully into the shadow until he just dis- kind of disappears kind of thing. Yeah. And other ones like that, that Eddie kid, um, I think you, I can't remember if you would let, you, you had to I, go to the I'd toilet at one scene there. Um, but like, um, we get to see how like violent he is, but his, he, yeah, I think you're out at this point when, when he like, he screams at him and says, it's not all about you because it's more about like releasing them all. I think is what yeah. he, I think that's what I got from the ending, but um, he kind of gets literally like torn away as if he's like being ripped back out of the room. Yeah. So he gets this proper kind of like thing and you get this kind of scream as it's going. So okay. that was quite an effective little like, Oh, okay. That you're changing it up each time. You're kind of adding little differences between, and we're trying to work out like what is your afterlife here? Like yeah. what is going on? Like they're forgetting it as if they forget more and more as time goes on. So the longer they, the like the longer they've been gone, the more certain things they seem to be forgetting about yeah. from the name backwards. I mean, I mean that's one of the the main things for me is. So we're introduced to the black phone when it first starts ringing. The you know he answers it, Philly answers it, and then the. Uh, you know, the, the grabber tells him that it's, you know, he thinks it's just static. He's answered it before. Nobody is kind of, you know, yeah, nobody's there. So uh, kind of with with Gwen's kind of sub story is obviously she's having these dreams um, and uh, her father and Finney's, uh, Finney's mother and her mother also experienced some kind of stuff and heard voices and did went through kind of this stuff as well, and they told her to do things, and she ultimately committed suicide, which I it's led to believe that that's what sent the father into yeah. spiral. So I was thinking, okay, maybe she gets this element of the dreams, and he's uh, able to use the black phone, mm. you know, um, and communicate with the dead. But it mentions that the grabber could also hear the phone ringing. Yeah. Um, so I was expecting this to be. I don't know. I was expecting there to be some kind of payoff of this potentially. In my mind, I was thinking, okay, when I heard that, I was thinking, so is the grabber doing this for on behalf of like, is his motivation do you know linked to yeah. the black phone? Is I, there were, there were many, there were many questions in my head when he was doing certain things. I like there was things in my head going through as if because this, if I'm honest, this, it, 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 it's quite a straightforward in its, to- it kind of, if you weren't like, think, trying really hard to think of what a twist is going to be. Exactly. There is really a twist. <laughs> no. There is no twist, but your mind is thinking of what is Exactly. Twist. So it's quite nice in a way that it's a simplistic, but if you, if you go into this film and you're really like, oh, what's going to be like the twist, that again could cause a little bit of, like lack, yeah. like expectations because there were things like um there, there, there were things like i was thinking that he was going to be like a split personality so based on the part of the mask he was wearing is the part of his body that was manifesting because he kept saying that the like is implying like the other guy or things like that yeah just part of me thinking there was someone else or that he was going to be like a split personality and something see like different that. but it never felt like we did see really like a different version um, not that like the scenes when we do see him and he gets those little sparks because he's not in it too much you do get a kind of I get a kind of like a, a frill out of Ethan Hawke in those like oh scenes yeah when he was like by the door and he was saying things because it kind of there was a slight humor that was added into it that kind of just brought it up a level but there was also this weird vulnerability like when you saw his eyes most of the time he was almost a tears in his eyes like he was 
like completely corrupted inside. I mean, even Hawk, even he even did some body acting. I mean, like his chest was like, there's a scene when it was like all chest, but then there was another one when he was like moving his chest, like the in and out kind of thing. And it was like giving yeah. this kind of body as if like his own body wasn't sure what he is meant to be. Yeah, and that saves. I thought like he did a phenomenal job. It's just, I expected there to be a motivation behind why the grabber was doing it. You know? Yeah, that and yeah, that's what I mean. Because there's, there's no character. There's, no. there's no. We don't know. And in some ways, it is like, yes, okay. I guess you you don't want to over glamorize or the the, no. the kidnapper. But at the same time, in a film like this, you kind of want to know a little bit more about that character and how he got there. You want to know a little bit, so especially as they've introduced, <coughs> we didn't mention before, like we mentioned before, but we didn't say who it was, Max. Mm. As we've introduced his brother, it felt like there was a way to kind of tell more of the backstory. Yeah, there, potentially. But they didn't. And uh, to be fair, there was even one point when in my head I was trying to come up with if there was going to be a twist in this film. And I looked at the grabber and I looked at Finney and I was like, is there going to be some weird that yeah. Finney is the grabber or becomes the grabber? And we're actually like, Finney's actually already gone or lost his mind. I was thinking uh, like yeah. that because of the supernatural part. I thought it was going to turn out that there wasn't really any supernatural part. And the grabber is Finney, and Finney's not even, you know, the sort of like that was going in my head. Like, yeah, is this no, be? no it disappeared once we started to get more character development of them in the rooms and stuff. I was like, you wouldn't go for all this if that's going to be the twist. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I was just, I was expecting there to be like that. Maybe the grabber was was in the same situation as Finney when he was a child and yeah. he had to do, you know, I don't know, but I expect that was the, be... that was the interesting way. That was one way at one point I was actually slightly hoping it was going to go was to give the backstory of the grabber, but imply that he was, or even have the grabber as a child talking yeah. to him on the phone. Yeah. So that one of the children is actually him. Yeah. When he was younger, not murdered, but someone who survived it in the same way as him. Yes. Yeah, so. Almost to have that conflict. And I feel like that's actually quite an interesting story for one of these things is to have almost like this premise, but it turns out that he's the one on the phone the whole time. Yeah. He's I, the one almost guiding him to be like, don't turn into what I've become. Yeah. I was so, in, I mean, that conflict of like body that Ethan Hawke was given that conflict, but yeah. we weren't getting. And that's it. And I was, you know, I mean, I don't even think we found out what the grabber's actual real name is. No, we do. We never found out his, his name. We knew his brother's name was Max. We don't yeah. know what his name is. And uh, maybe they tried to go down the route of the less you know, the scarier it is. But for me, it's kind of like I don't know. It just I there was a lot I I loved about it. Um, I loved the setting. You know, I think I've just spoke quite heavily about that. Yeah, a lot of the the camera work was great, and there there was some really you know there were some real tense and creepy moments yeah. mostly when Ethan Hawking was as the grabber interacting with Finney when Finney was trying to escape through the house that was a great bit yeah they had the scene with the the the, the rocket ship's light when he's going around the room yeah that's and then cool. as he works around and then in the corner there's yeah yeah so it's, it, it just it just feels like the main I, I walked away with asking questions such as you know why was Finney able to use the black phone? Why, what, what's the significance of that? Because it's kind of like, well, if the grabber made this room, then why did he put a phone in it in the first place? Yeah. You know? Well, because if he, there's that throwaway line that when he was a, 
it, ha- it hasn't worked since when he was a kid, so implying that he was in that basement when he was in, a child kid. Implying, but yeah. not kind of going anywhere. Yeah, know? well, that's why we... Uh, but I... So I, I do believe that that is what they intended to do, is to... Hope, they're yeah. basically giving us a ton of hints, but they didn't want to be in your face by going, here's the backstory of this. No, guy. yeah, here's, I don't want to be food Here's the thing. But, no, but I kind but, of wanted a bit more. You know? Yeah, no, no, but but I think that comes from two things. So it, is, it is both a positive and a negative in certain ways because it's a case of, like, I feel like if you did give more, people may not, like, some people are going to love it because it's so minimalist. Maybe, yeah. Like, and I do, I do kind of like that about this film. I don't want it to overindulge, but there are a few things I want to. But also, i got to be honest, I believe that Ethan Hawke gives a really strong performance. Oh, yeah. Um, but because he gives a strong performance and because they've come up with quite an interesting character, that's why we kind of want to know more. Yeah. Because we actually want this character to be fleshed out more purely because his his performance is so intriguing that I wanted to know more about him, which I think speaks highly of the film in a way that it can create a, yeah. a want in me that I like, I want to know how you kill people. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, I want to know what you do. I want to know why you like this. Like, what is it? Like, are you following some demon? Like, there's a lot of talk about Jesus in this film. It's like, are you the opposite? Are you talking to the devil? Are yeah. you a, a worshipper? Are you a thing? You've got all these different masks. Why do you like to wear them in different ways? Why don't you like to show your face? And it is, uh, and we've mentioned about Stephen King and the fact that his son is a thing, but this film almost is at times like that mashup of like, we've got The Shining, we've got... We've got it. We've got. Um, there was another film that really popped into my head when we watched it, but now I can't quite think of what. Another one that's kind of very similar to these, but uh, uh, like Stand by Me, and yeah. Like, you know, what I mean, and you've got all of these kind of smashed together, and then kind of taking those kind of bigger points that are in those Stephen King, and then brought way down to be a much more straightforward yeah. film. So instead of over explode like maybe like Stephen King does at time where he really makes it in depth. Yeah. But the characterization 100% is so Stephen King. Like I'm I'm listening to the audiobook of it at the moment. Yeah. And this film completely is like the amount you go into character. That's kind of what this film did. It, it went so early on, it goes so much into the characters. But so does Stephen King's like stories. He goes so much into them. And I, I assume that's possibly why his son is probably writes very similar, yeah. <laughs> similar kind of tones. Um but to, to mention one thing that I do know about how, why this was written is the the fact that um, this was purposely made, and this is probably why we don't learn more about the the killer, uh, the grabber, and why it is much more about the children because this is much more meant to be. This was meant to be written, and the story is not meant to be exploitative of children, murder yeah. and death. Oh, so that's yeah. why we don't see any children actually get murdered. We see their deaths. But it's also why if you look at all of the children, it's almost like the children tribing together in order to defeat him. So it's more a film about the kids coming together, even in death, but they're still having this strength in death to help someone else to survive. Yeah. So it's more about children overcoming that kind of prob- the, their, their problems, but also the death. It's more to show that's why we get to see these backstories and these little Super 8 style sh- cuts. Yeah. It's to give the the love and affection to the dead and to show them as strong people, not to be all about the the killer. Yeah. Apparently that is what the film was intended to show is the strength. A lot of these films show the child and make it sad and even sometimes violent or towards like showing what the death is. Yeah. And you want to make one that's, I believe Scott Derrickson, Joe Hill's original story. And there's another writer on this 
they wanted it to be fully not about the exploitation of the child, but to show the, the strength that children can have and the strength that it can have when you kind of overcome these obstacles yeah. as a child. So the film is all about that kind of bullying or abuse or things like that and overcoming. Because we get that in the film, don't we? We get yeah. that arc with him. He's very tame and timid at the beginning. He's avoiding his bullies. You know, he's yeah. doing he's doing stupid shit like going into a toilet, which was one thing that got on my mind. Like, yeah. why do they always show them going into a toilet? That's like the worst place you can go. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> the one place that's secluded. Like, he was walking past all of these, like, people and uh, teachers outside, and he decides to turn into a toilet. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't go into the toilet, man. Like, what are we? <laughs> it's the same reason, like, when he was inside the basement, another thing, I was, I was just like, how long is it going to take you to use those bloody carpet rolls to put under the bloody... <laughs> or, like, at least yeah. try to do something like that. You don't seem to be trying a lot of the things you've got. Um, the same way, and the other one that's popped to my head is the last one of these little nitpicks, was um, uh, Robin tells him to use the phone and fill it with sand to beat him up, and he does yeah, at the end. But... Only like five minutes ago, he was using a giant, the top, the ceramic top of yeah. the toilet to, to smash through the door. And the bit that's left on the ground when he walks away is like this big, sharp, pointed ceramic piece. Yeah. I'm just there like, dude, <laughs> slam that across his head and the de- he's out anyway. If, or no. if you stab that into him, he's fucking... <laughs> but I think the idea is to catch him. Is to catch him. And then, but then even then, it's still like the phone is the thing. But I, I get it. There's a symbolism that the phone was used to save him. And now the phone's used to kill the... Yeah. You know, there's a symbolism there. But anyway, back to the whole... The yeah, the, the the fact that this overcurrent that we get that he's timid and he's rode down, but then as he goes through this, he kind of has to. He's kind of very much, and this is what we get is him, he's given up, he's not really persevering, he's not really trying very hard no. half the time. Like he's doing things to try, but he he lets himself get knocked down so quickly. And his friend Robin before was even telling him, dude, you're gonna have to stand up. Look for at, yeah, yeah. And this film kind of is a big message of like stand up for yourself, talk to yourself. And at that end, we even get that little scene at the end with his little kind of girlfriend. Yeah. Where it's like, like, hey, Finny. And it's like, call me, like, Finn. Kind call of thing to show he's got this kind of confidence. He walks he's past his swag. bullies. He walks past his bullies, doesn't he? And he's got this kind of like, he's smiling because everyone's like, that That dude killed the grabber. Like, yeah. And we'll come back to the, the killing the grabber scene in just a second. But um, an, uh, another interesting tidbit that I found out in my uh, little reading was... Um, the mask is designed by Tom Savini. Yeah, I read that earlier. Yeah, they got That's him to cool. design it. And he said, and again, that links to the exploitation thing because uh, Tom Savini won't, uh, he doesn't take part in any horror film where he feels that children are exploited. So he doesn't like child violence in okay. any form of horror. So he won't take part in certain ones. So there have been plenty of films um, where he, he's had it and he doesn't like, I believe even he's, he's not a, a fan of, say, it because it doesn't always show because of okay. some of the violence happens some parts and stuff like that yeah um but he read the script for this one when they asked him to they needed they want to come up with a terrifying mask and the mask is fantastic i love all the different parts of it yeah. i think it's really effective it works perfectly with Ethan hawk's face as well it kind of does like, it's so it? well designed like obviously it is designed around his face but it's so perfectly well designed um but he said when he read it because it's more about the children as like a tribe and working together and it doesn't actually show scenes of children actually being murdered like he was, yeah. he, he wanted to join in with that. And also he was friends with, uh, Joe Hill was friends with him anyway from his dad. So it's like, you know, because that's how it works. Tom Savini, like like Stephen King, they're both quite outspoken people. They'll say yeah. things, but they they apparently get along very well. So it, that was just, a, I liked 
I was like, oh, that's interesting. You can see, you know, Tom Savini is a genius with this kind of stuff and there's that mask is uh, very yeah. well designed. And I, I guess before we wrap up, maybe we'll touch on the, the, on the very ending. The ending of uh, the, the, the grabber. Well, I guess it's, it's, it's the lead up to that, obviously. We have the introduction of the, the Max character, which, yeah. you know, he says he's, he's, he's kind of played off as a bit of a conspiracy theorist, kind of doing his own research. He yeah. says, you know, the killer has to be around here. Um, and that's one scene we get with him. And he says he's staying at his brother's. And then we kind of don't see him until the very end where he's looking at the map again and he realises that the killer's got to be... Well, when he's like he super is. high, he looks yeah. at the map again, like he's already high and okay, but he seems like properly, properly high when he's just like staring at the board and he's like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah. As if he's suddenly like, oh, I should suspect my own house. It almost seems to come to him less from a... Uh, Less from a case of he's put together the pieces and more from a paranoid case of what's it like. It's like he's over so high that he's like, what if it's in my own house? It like, kind of is, it's like it? because when he walks down the stairs, like when he because we have that whole like he's getting in and this, yeah. this is side by side. Like this is all very built up with quite a high tension, isn't it? Like, yeah. There is quite a nice tension because this is very much because of the way they build it up. You do. This is why you think that Finney is not going to make it out alive, I think, because we have... We have the sister sees the dream from that uh, Eddie yeah. kid who, and again, I'm, I'm still not 100% sure that's his name, but I'm going to go. No, I think it is. Um, and she's seen that, so she knows where it is. She goes and finds the house. So she goes back to the house and, you know, calls the police. I mean, she does this in probably possibly the most long-winded way to kind of feel like she could have just called the police and checked. <laughs> like, I know she needed to be in front well, of the you house, be but, there, you know. But, you know, if you've got like an inkling and you've got a house number and you think your brother's in trouble, just, just ring him anyway. You don't need to go and really check. Just go and throw it. The police seem to be listening to the local well, I think she had point. to head home to call them. No, no. What I mean is she didn't need to make the bike ride to actually go to the place in the first place because she'd already had the dream and saw the house number and seen all of those things. That's why she went to the house number. Yeah, I'd but say I think she could have just done the police. I think it was to to, to actually to find know. the place. Because yeah. imagine she just in her up. long bike ride going down. I don't know how many houses. It just felt like she wasted a lot of time. Yeah, when she could have just gone off with the inkling and said, "Well, my dreams have been pretty spot on so far. Let's let's just call them and just yeah. say, I think this house. Can you check this house?'" Yeah. Um, but anyway, so you have got the sister and you have got the police that start coming. You've got the grabber who is very much annoyed following the escape of uh, Finney the night before. Yeah. You know, when he gets out of the house and he puts the knife to his throat and says, I will gut you in front of yeah. this lawn if you say a word and things like that. So he's very much ready to start killing. And the grabber comes down with his old dog and says he's going to make it as painful as possible. Yeah. Got all of these parts kind of come together at the same time. Um, oh, yeah. Well, he goes down and does that. But first, let's go back to Max. So Max goes down. When Max goes down into the basement, like the whole high thing is the fact that he just so looks so out of it. Like the first thing he says is like, I'm going to tell you. He's like, like, oh, wow. Do you want to know I, how I found you? Found you or solved it as if like in this yeah. high state, but he's completely fucking like off the chain. <laughs> and then he gets the ax to the back of his head. Yeah. Which is like the only death we really get in this film, isn't it? I think. Yeah, I'm sure it's the only on-screen it's death. It's the only on-screen death. Apart yeah. from the, the grabbers. And the grabbers, yeah. It's, it's only that, yeah. So it's only that one family that really yeah. you see the murders, the like actual death of. Um, so yeah, that's a really interesting... Um, it's an interesting bit, but I felt like that potentially could have been played up a little bit more because, like yeah. I said, he only, he only has those two scenes. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and maybe it could have been it could have been nice if because 
when he has when he says the killer has to live in this area, it could it could have been nice. And he says, you know, the killer has to have a garage and stuff like that. It could have been nice if maybe we saw him going out and like he sees the map yeah. and he goes to look at well, the. I, I I thought he was going to come much more into. I like. like yeah. I, said, I thought that the little girl and this guy was somehow going to end up linked. Yeah, I thought, I thought that up. he was going to find out about a girl that was having dreams and things like that. And this is yeah. going to play more into the plot. The idea that here we are, you know. Yeah. I mean? But I thought that that was how we were going to start to realize, which would have been interesting because you've got him kind of chasing around. You have got the sister when all along they're literally in his house. Yeah. Kind of thing. But yeah, you're right. the The max part definitely is definitely the most full flat part of the film. It's it's either you should have played up more, or you removed it because all it ends up feeling is like he was only added because you wanted to kill someone, but you couldn't think of who to kill. Yeah, and you didn't want to kill a child, so we need to kill someone in this horror film. So yeah. someone has to die, and therefore it is the stoner brother, basically. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, which like that's the only and it is for me it's the one part that stands out as I don't think not giving a backstory to the grabber and fizzler I don't necessarily I don't find that lazy I feel like because they they play it in such little teases that they're well thought yeah, out I wouldn't say but it was the, lazy I just feel it's a bit well I, I don't know I feel like that max part is a little bit almost lazy oh the, the max part about, yeah, but, yeah I feel but, like that's lazy that they've just kind of like it does kind of feel like I want to kill someone. He was shooting, shoehorned for a kill. Yeah, he's yeah. just there to be like, I can kill my brother, kind of fit. Like, like I can, yeah. like that's kind of all he's there for to show. Ethan Hawke gets to actually kill someone. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like that. That's the part because I just, I, well, apart from that, I, like the more you think about it, apart from the fact the police went into house and that they're in the house across the street from the actual house where he's kept. Yeah. Um, it doesn't feel like there's any real purpose to the plot. It feels like you could have removed all of those elements and the only difference is the character wouldn't have died on screen. Apart from that, he wouldn't have added anything else to the story. No. Like, she doesn't see for him. She doesn't have a dream that links with the brother or anything like that. No. You know what I mean? It almost could have been better if um, we if we, if we go back to that point where we find the house yeah. um, and we see the detectives going down the stairs um because obviously the twist maybe the twist is that there's two houses one where uh finn is kept and the other where the bodies are kept and it could have been that you know we see the detectives rushing down the basement's hidden they go down there and then we see it from finney's angle we expect the door to open in there to be the police yeah. but the door opens and there's the grabber ready to kill him that might have been maybe uh, uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Because like, cool like, that's what they, they they do that, don't they? They do kind of do the whole here's the door and this isn't the right door. Yeah. But it isn't, yeah, it, that is one part that I was looking at going thinking that here's the twist. And weirdly enough, it actually felt like none, again, none of it really happened with a twist because it felt like we already knew at that point that Finney was safe by the time they go down to the place. Yeah. He's already out and the grabber's already dead by this point so the yeah. tension is kind of gone as to what they're looking in the basement for because we already know that Finney's killed the grabber yeah so it's kind of an odd like if they'd made it down to the basement and like you said that's when the grabber arrived it yeah. would feel more like a rush to go right you guys are in the completely wrong house he's across the street but the grabber's now in the room of his like you need to fucking work it out yeah because there is that one point when they go to the other house the other thing that's glaringly obvious is they know that they're looking for a black van and literally on the other drive behind them is the black van. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there. Like no one, like she sat on the gate, like looking almost directly, like staring across at the other house. And at no point does any of those police that are standing around going, 
hey, there's a black van. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's literally parked on the driveway across the street. It's kind of like, oh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Like, because it does seem like it goes on for a little while while they're checking around. And it's like, no one will think and just look across yeah. the road. Um, and then we have a, I mean, the Home Alone style fight against the grabber was quite cool i thought yeah, yeah i I, re- I did really i really liked that kind of overcoming because and again this is what ma- this is what makes the strongest part of the film is that arc yeah with finney and like and a bit of his sister but you know with finney is that arc and it really feels like it comes to fruition with that whole scene when he you know he you know he manages to once he's like kind of got past him he manages to like trip him up and he his foot goes into the hole and breaks his ankle into yeah. the hole and he's kind of trapped and then there's the whole the black phone used to literally smashes continue to smash his head in and, and once the mask comes off he kind of freaks doesn't freaks. he in proper Michael Myers style like yeah, I'm but, off but yeah again it would have been nice to have a bit of meaning behind the mask maybe it's in there and it just went over my head and I need to read because uh, that's the thing is whilst I think whilst I did enjoy the film and my this is only my initial reaction. Um, yeah. And there is a lot that I did really like. Um, I do want to watch it again. I find myself feeling almost like I want to watch this again. And, may, and on second viewing, there might be bits that I picked up, but it yeah. was kind of like I wanted to know the reason behind the mask. Yeah. You want to know the meaning, you want to know the reason. Yeah, maybe that's just me. But th- that's what I mean. It is going to fall into camps because there are there are plenty of people out there that are going to want the reason and possibly that might link into they want the reason. They might even kind of wanted a bit more, a little bit more exploitation, yeah. a little bit more death, things like that. And then there are people that are going to want, are going to be very happy with the minimus style that's yeah. kind of brought here. Um, you know, and he gets a pretty brutal beating. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? He gets some, you do really feel those slams that hit, like when he's beating him down kind of thing. And you get the re- the the part that's really nice is when the black phone rings, and even though it's been disconnected, completely disconnected, you know, yeah, as it was disconnected anyway. But he's literally got it in his hand across the, you know, it's broken off the wire, um, and you get all of the boys' spirits shouting and like chanting on. Yeah, that was cool. you know, kind of chanting like kind of like to the baseball game at the beginning when you didn't actually get that much chanting for Finney. It kind of seemed like he was a bit low-key. Although the one boy kind of preps him up. Everyone else didn't really give much for him. But yeah. here at the end you've almost got a go or do it kind of Finney. Kill it like and you get that break of the neck. Yeah. Because uh you had Bruce early on saying was it your arm is mint? Yeah, your arm is mint. Yeah, your, your arm's arm is immense. Or something oh, like so that. like that, and like that's just as he he says that again, and it suddenly takes on a new meaning when it goes. Snap. Yeah. Um. So that, like that, that's that's really cool, and that's why I do think you're gonna fall. I think you will fall into two places here. I do actually believe that this though is a film that, if you're not a major horror fan, I think you might actually enjoy this as more of a thriller than it is a horror in some ways. Yeah, potentially. Um, like my partner Charlotte, I was I came out of it and thought, you know what, like she doesn't like a lot of horror, but she did like things like it and those kind of small, like character-based kind of ones. Yeah. She likes those kind of and I was thinking someone like her actually probably would like it because it would give them a couple of little scares, but for the most part, it's kind of like that coming of age in story, isn't it? It's yeah. very much like following the kids, the era, the setting, like we've said, which we uh, I always love when they're setting these things. Yeah. Like any film where it has this kind of setting, it, it, it just is, it, I'm just drawn in straight yeah, away. Same here. It's what made me want to see this like straight away, like even as other films like Sinister and stuff like that are not ones that drew me in. I'm not a huge supernatural one, even though that one was a little bit different than yeah. I expected once I saw it. 
But this one, like as soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, yeah, okay, I'm in, you know, I'm getting that kind of Stephen Kingy kind of yeah. character-based vibe. I like that. Um, you know, and again, Ethan Hawke just from along from the images and the trailer, I knew that Ethan Hawke was gonna be good. Oh yeah, you know I mean? the Hawke man's always good. And and again, all the cat, all the characters, Finney, uh, you know, the actor who plays Finney, that who plays Gwen, especially. I mean, she made me laugh quite a few times as well yeah. as like making me feel sorry for her. Um, that scene when she literally basically curses Jesus for like yeah. what the fuck, like kind of thing about the fact that like you'll give you'll give me dreams now you're not giving me a dream yeah. like what the fuck kind of thing like that was legitimately quite funny and she, I'd say like I've seen a lot of people saying the kids in this film are like little stars in the making I was like yeah I could yeah, I could see, see that. that yeah I could definitely yeah, see I that. could definitely see especially with her yeah um so yeah like. I think overall, overall, I, I did enjoy it. It's minimum. I believe it's more minimalist than you might be thinking. And again, if you're, if you haven't seen it, but you want like twists, we've kind of ruined like so that, but there wasn't really twist to see it's, it's more straightforward, but the, the, what makes it work is the tension and the suspense that yeah. builds for you to not quite know. So if you're listening to this and you haven't seen it, you kind of fucked that for yourself. <laughs> this, this is a film I would very much say you should have gone into without knowing anything, like we said in the spoiler-free part at the beginning. <laughs> well, well, hopefully they, they respected you might forget. the spoiler if you, No, we give them a countdown. If we you're someone you might see it in... Um, yeah, we do give them a countdown. If you're someone who doesn't see this in the cinema, though, to be fair, like if you're listening now and you're interested in seeing it, hopefully it will give you the interest to see it. But if you're not going to see it till later, you probably forget half of this by the time you probably. get to see it and watch it anyway. And so I, I would, and I would, I would advise somebody to watch this. I'm always going to advise somebody to go and watch a horror movie in the cinema. You know, yeah, it, the cinematic experience is, is second to none when you're watching films. So I'm always going to advise people to watch that. Um, yeah, I think just to wrap it up for me, I think you know. I love the setting and I love the general concept. There was there was just moments potentially, like I've said with with the grabber himself potentially for me could have been fleshed out a bit more just off my initial reaction, um, and the, you know it was just it was more that kind of stuff. You know, it was, there there were some points of the story that was that was slightly weak to me, and that held it back from being a, a, a great film. This I would still I still want to, I'm keen to watch this again to see if I can yeah. pick up on any more clues and maybe you know there was stuff that I missed. That's always it. Like I said to you earlier, I watch I always watch films with subtitles now because of the amount of stuff I miss because I just. Yeah. don't pick up on so it's definitely a film that i want to go back to um i just think for my initial reactions is you know um it, it, it was a it was a good film but it, it was pretty solid um i just think that there was a few things holding it back from being a truly a true highlight of the year yeah. anything yeah. else to add just, just to say like just to reiterate like i said before i just think that the you know this film possibly could have done with an extra 15 20 minutes um, which is saying something considering that I am so knackered <laughs> right now <Yeah. laughs> that I was literally at points I was like I'm worried I'm going to fall asleep and not because I'm not enjoying the film I'm just at that point of time there's a during the film yeah, um, but yeah so that was kind of in my mind but at the same time I was like just a little bit more fleshed out a little bit more time with the, the, the character a little bit more time with the grabber I mean I, I, I'm fully in with the grabber and actually I, I'm happy to accept without knowing more about him because I, I kind of liked the fact that he is this kind of very mysterious you know he is much more of that kind of we don't know and then that does kind of make it scary at the same time but then there's also a part of me that kind of I liked his performance enough that I 
wanted to know more. I'm conflicted on yeah. in my mind. I'm like, part of me wants to stay that minimalist kind of the shape, not the full on, like, yeah. not full on Michael Myers. I, well, I just want the shape, you know what I mean? Kind of yeah. thing. Part of me is a little bit like that, but then part of me is thinking, I want, you know, I, I, I want to know more and then I don't want to know more. <laughs> and I loved, and I did, I loved the characterization in this film. Um, I just felt like there was a little bit more of the fleshing out and, you know, there's a few characters that just don't work. Yeah. They're just there. Okay. <laughs> well, um, as always, thank you for listening to the show. Um, you know, if you have any friends who are into horror, uh, send the show the, the way so they can yeah. check us out. We'll be back. Um, uh, not this, not this coming Monday because uh, we're releasing this one this week, but we will be back the following Monday with our episode on Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. So as always, uh, hit the subscribe button so you get the show as soon as it comes out. And if you could leave us a lovely review, that would be great. We will see you soon. Take care. Goodbye.